Hey everybody, welcome to Porn Free Millennial. Happy Wednesday. This is episode four of the podcast. Calling the right play. Working smarter, not harder. So today we're going to go over three common pitfalls that can be alleviated by the right play. So this is actually quite timely because... The Denver Nuggets so happen to be my hometown team. They so happen to be in the NBA Finals. And they so happen to win tonight against the Miami Heat at Miami's home court. Now, if you're a Miami fan, I am sorry. There were Miami fans leaving the game like five minutes until the game ended. And Miami actually started to come back and like, I would say... A quarter of the fans left. So if you're a Miami fan, you need to talk to your other Miami fans and tell them, you know, get your head in the game. Go support your team. Now, if you're a Denver Nuggets fan, heck yes. We're up 2-1 now. It's a seven-game series. And uh, we're playing great basketball. So this, uh, you know, this podcast is timely. I also love basketball. I grew up playing basketball. My dad played college. I aspired to play college, never quite got there, had some injuries, had two knee surgeries in high school, and just really kind of missed out on some of that key playing time. Uh, but I will say I did win some intramural championships in college. So, you know, what was uh, you had quite the illustrious college intramural career. So I will humble brag a little bit about that. But yeah, love basketball. Very passionate about it. Uh, passionate about the game. And uh, thought I'd have a podcast going over some pitfalls and, and bringing basketball into it. The analogy of calling the right play, right? So how I'll start this off is, you know, I currently do have a coach. Now, it's not your typical sports coach calling the plays at timeout or yelling at the team to say, hey, get your head in the game. My coach is a porn recovery coach. He actually has his own podcast, which is a fantastic. It's called Finding Traction. It's on Spotify and Apple. Absolutely love it. And uh, his involvement in group and individual sessions has been a motivation for me for close to two years now. We do meet once every other week. Uh, we have a program that I'm going through, and it, it's just been really helpful. But I'd say like when I started working with him and when I was going through my relapse state where it was just so hard to get out of it, and I feel like every time we were checking in, it just was like a broken record. Oh, you know, I relapsed yesterday or, oh, you know, I looked at porn today and you know, I feel like so guilty, so shameful and I don't know what to do. I just can't stop. Uh, one thing that just really clicked with me was him saying, you know what? You got to work smarter, not harder. And I'm like, okay, coach. Well, what does that mean? Well, as he explained to me, willpower, it comes and goes. So you can be a basketball team, you can be a basketball player that goes incredibly hard, like dives for every loose ball, 
runs as fast as they can all over everywhere. But in basketball, sometimes that's not always like the smartest thing to do. Sometimes you have to call some plays. Sometimes you have to conserve your energy. You can't, you like, it, it would be great. I mean, if you have the stamina for it to just work as hard as you can all the time, but most people don't have that stamina. <laughs> uh, and that's why basketball, you know, it's a great strategic game to where you, sometimes you so you got to slow things down. Sometimes you just have to go for the smart shots the shots that make sense, you got to pass the ball around. You got to look for what's open. It's not always just putting your head down and just trying to get a dunk or, you know, trying to get in and score. So hopefully that, that little analogy makes sense. So willpower comes and goes, you know, oftentimes like when we're trying to quit a habit, we rely far too much on our willpower. Working smarter means removing the reliance on willpower and shifting that pressure to improved awareness, adapting your env- to your environment, and adapting your environment, and automating accountability. But before we get there, let's talk about the common and oftentimes unsuccessful approach to recovery. So working harder, I would equate that to the term white knuckling. That term's tossed around a lot in the recovery game. I would say, venture to say that I didn't quite understand fully what white knuckling meant. You know, I think you always hear it. I always just kind of equated it to like driving in like a storm or something. And like you're gripping the wheel, right? And you're just trying to get through the storm. You're just trying to drive through it. You're gritting your teeth. It's not fun like really stressful, right? Uh, I would say one time I was in a whiteout storm with my siblings, uh, and it was terrifying. Couldn't see anything. You know, luckily there was a car in front of us, but uh, this was in Colorado in the mountains and absolutely could not see anything. We're caught in this blizzard and, uh, yeah, it kind of had a white knuckle it a bit, you know, luckily I had some other people with me to help, but yeah, it was just one of those situations to where you just got to get your grit, your teeth and get through it. Uh, now with white knuckling, you know, I'd say like for basketball, it's kind of like you're just trying to score through sheer force of will. There's no real game plan. You're just putting your head down. You're dribbling the basketball. You're going straight to the hoop. You're basically telegraphing to the other team. This is what I'm doing, which actually makes it pretty easy for them to guard you pretty easy for them to steal the ball pretty easy for them to win the game. I think that equates for sure to recovery. When you're white knuckling, porn is eventually going to steal that ball and it's going to dunk on you. If you're not a sports fan, I would just say that porn is always going to find a way if you're just white knuckling and you don't have a plan. You're not working smart with your recovery. And I would just say, Anytime you're white knuckling, eventually it's just going to happen. There's going to be a relapse. The ball's going to get stolen. The other team's going to win. So to put this into context for me personally, I think I've white knuckled recovery consistently for at least 15 years easily. I'm 32 now. So in, I'd say porn really for me 
pretty much started at uh you know 10 years old so i'd say like pretty consistently throughout that time 15 a little bit more years it was just like white knuckling there was no plan didn't have any idea what i was doing it's kind of like unconsciously just it was like this habit that i just formed and i knew i wanted to quit uh you know i knew it wasn't good for me but i just kept doing it and i didn't really quite know how to quit besides just saying you know i'm just gonna give this up and then that would work for a little bit and then it'd come right back but i'd say the white knuckling really started to trickle away you know once I joined porn recovery groups, sex addiction counseling, you know, really just started practicing honesty. I'd say like, that's like when, instead of like playing a selfish basketball game, like where I'm just being a ball hog and just trying to dribble to the hoop without, you know, looking to pass to anyone. I'd say like when I started, and this was probably, I'd say about four or five years ago, like when I started to take it seriously and, and join groups, feel like I became more part of a team, you know, and, and having mentors and having coaches. And I, th- I think that opens up the game because basketball is a team game, right? Recovery is a team game. You can't just do it by yourself. And typically, right, when you're white knuckling, you're doing it completely by yourself. So I really think that I dunked on white knuckling when my, it really hit me when my coach said, work smarter, not harder. Uh, you know, and uh, I'd say for that, it was kind of like calling the perfect play. I feel like my coach called a timeout and just said, hey, you know, you're struggling. We're hearing the same thing every week. Same old story. We're run- You're running that same play or lack thereof of a play. Porn's stealing the ball. Porn's dunking on you. Let's write up a new play. And it worked. So what we're going to do for the rest of the podcast is we're going to go over three common pitfalls. So these could be like three things that happen in the basketball game that, you know, are pretty pivotal moments where you need to make sure that you're drawing up a play. So number one pitfall is lack of awareness. So lack of awareness is like failing to track your habits and or your feelings and what may correlate to the use of porn or a similar behavior. So important things as we're writing up this play is to think about the time of day. Think about where this is occurring. And think about how you're feeling at the time. So like what time of day do you typically have your relapse? Is it in the morning, afternoon, nighttime, really late nighttime, right? Like really early morning, I guess, would be a better way to say that. Where does it occur? So, you know, does it happen in in your bedroom? Does it happen in an office? Does it happen at work? Does it happen, uh, you know, in the bathroom? Like, start to pinpoint and and think about, is there like a pattern to where your relapses actually happen? And then lastly, how are you feeling before you look at porn? Are you tired? Upset? frustrated, depressed, bored, or maybe you're feeling confident, happy, motivated. Maybe something really good just happened at work or something like a breakthrough happened, you know, in your life and you're just super excited about it. Definitely can happen either end of the spectrum or in the middle. 
you know, with the feelings, uh, something that my coach and I go through every time we meet, it's, it's when we check in with each other. One thing that we talk about, it's kind of like a feeling wheel goes over all these different emotions. And that's the first thing we typically do is, you know, Hey, how are you feeling like right now when you're checking in? That's something I do every day. Uh, I actually check in with, uh, two people I know really well, family members every day. And that's how we do it. We do a check-in with each other. And I can share that really quick, you know, as a part of this, it's called a fast check-in. F stands for feelings. So how are you feeling at the time? Uh, A stands for actions. So actions are like, well, what actions are you taking to actually, you know, quit porn to, to be in recovery? S is sobriety or slips. So are you sober? Did you have a slip? Which a slip would be like, are you know, are you edging? Are you scrolling? Are you, are you checking out sites? You, maybe you're not quite getting over the line, but you're you're right at the line uh, of potentially, uh, you know, going to that point of no return, so to speak. And then T is for threats. So what is threatening your sobriety? That typically will play into maybe some external factors in your life. Uh, you may have some stressful pinpoints or ping, ping, ping points. And then the other T is tools. So like what tools are you using? Uh, so that's a fast check-in. Uh, There's a little bit of a deviation, but I think it goes to awareness. And, you know, again, if you want to write that down or take a note, it's feelings. So F is for feelings. A is for actions. S is slips or sobriety, or both basically. T is for threats and then tools to combat those threats. Really good thing to do every day is just to have that awareness. Check in with yourself, check in with somebody that you know and trust. You know, if, if there's someone in your life that you've talked about this before, maybe that's something that you can develop is like a check-in with them. Typically, uh, I do like a voice memo on my Apple phone and send that out. And then the people I check in with, they do the same. And then we kind of uh, reflect on the other person's check-in and, you know, provide them encouragement, but also say, hey, you know, here's what I'm thinking, um, you know, uh, you know, maybe some encouragement or some tips uh, or just, you know, listening, some empathy for what the other person's going through. So really important to have awareness. I would say for me, really had to do a deep look into, you know, my feelings, I had to do a deep look into like what time of day, where I was doing it, like the patterns, like really had to dissect that to really fully understand like awareness. Definitely for me, like red flags, at least for feeling is like, if I'm tired, I'm bored, I feel like I'm not having, not living to my full potential, you know, like I have no value, you know, typically be later at night would be when I'd relapse. And then you know, normally be like in another room, like in a bathroom or something. So now that I've kind of laid it out, uh, you know, laid out some of the concepts, you know, here's actually how you would put it into action, how you would actually, you know, we got the play written up, but here's actually how you would execute the play. So like I was saying, you know, typically my relapses happened late after midnight on, you know, typically on the weekends, uh, 
oftentimes it'd be in another room. You know, one thing that I did to combat that was getting in bed at an earlier time and listening either to a book on tape. <laughs> I still call it that. I grew up in the 90s. I guess we call them audiobooks now, but I still like to call them books on tape. A little bit of a little bit of a tangent, but if you ever listened to books on tape growing up, I mean, I loved it. Uh, top ones for sure. Harry Potter, uh, read by Jim Dale. Fantastic. Frog and Toad. <laughs> I can't remember who read that one. We used to, my, my family, my, uh, a brother and two sisters, we would, uh, we lived, uh, we, we were all on the top floor of my parents' house and, uh, there was a hallway that separated us. And so like my little brother and I were in one room and then, uh, my older sister, my younger sister were in the other room. And it was hilarious. We, we in the middle, my parents, like, it was really cool. How, I think my dad kind of did the wiring, but we had like a speaker in each room. And then we had, uh, like a CD tape player in the hallway closet. So you'd open the hallway closet, have this like creaky sound and, we'd kind of draw straws to see, you know, who would, who would change the disc, you know, if, if not everyone fell asleep yet. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. I really love that part of childhood, but yeah, Harry Potter, uh, series of unfortunate events is awesome. Uh, that was re- read by Tim Curry. Great voice. And then, uh, used to listen to like short stories by Mark Twain. So there was like some, some, some goodies out there, but Long story short, I still listen to audiobooks, books on tape. Absolutely love it. Love listening to podcasts. And uh, so I really leaned into that. You know, hey, instead of at nighttime scrolling on my phone, I'm actually going to like listen to a book or listen to a podcast that I'm interested in. Uh, and I'm going to put my phone outside of arm's length distance and it, while it's charging. So, so basically, like, you're killing a few birds with one stone. You're still getting like that entertainment. You're getting a little bit of that rush that you maybe, maybe it's not the, quite the same, but you're still being, uh, your mind's still being occupied by something that you're interested in. Uh, you know, you're learning something, either, either reading or listening to something. And then you're also just completely taking away the ability to be scrolling, which I, I'd say at least for me, that was one of my downfalls. Now, you know, it could be like your laptop could be, you know, uh, maybe the device, but, you know, pick the device that you have and just make sure that it's physically just outside of reach. You know, when you're going to sleep, you shouldn't have like your laptop right next to you. You shouldn't have your phone right next to you. You know, if that's really the problem, you know, that's a great play that you can run, uh, to, to start getting a good nightly routine. Typically, uh, I've been really bad at this. I'm recording this podcast, uh, past 10 PM right now, but, uh, yeah, typically when I'm in my good habits, you know, I'm, I'm really cutting that screen time off. I'd say like an hour before I get in bed. That's typically the rule of thumb that, uh, a lot of experts say, you know, I like listening to health podcasts and reading articles and, uh, I think I've heard it called digital fasting before is when basically it's like the first hour you wake up, uh, then the hour before you go to sleep, basically just cutting off that screen time. I think, for our circadian rhythm as human beings, I just don't think we're programmed to have that blue light coming at us, you know, right before we go to sleep. I think it keeps us up. And then, we, hey, when we're tired, 
what are you going to do? You're going to scroll through your phone. And then if you're scrolling through your phone, what are you going to find? Probably some porn uh, or something that's like that, you know. So that's one thing. Keep it out of reach. You know, really pinpoint the time when this is happening. Uh, at least for me, it was at night. But if it's at a different time of the day, pinpoint when that is. Pinpoint where it's happening. And then start to be aware of that. And then put a play in place to combat that. Uh, another thing I, was, I think I mentioned was I go to another room when I'd relapse. Uh, one of the things I did to combat that, a play that I'd run, would be just to leave my phone in my bedroom. I'd still have my Bluetooth uh, earpiece in, so then I'd still be listening to my book on tape. Go to the bathroom, come back, go to sleep. And then I'd say like when I'm feeling bored tired, you know, feel like I'm not living to my full potential. One thing that's really helped out a play that I run is just pick a goal for that day. So I've, I still have a bunch of days like where I just feel like I don't want to get up. I feel, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm bored. I'm not really that focused. One thing that's really helpful is just picking like a small goal. Uh, for me, it's just been like, you know, like steps goals, like getting over 10,000 steps. Uh, you know, maybe doing some like kettlebell swings, some pushups, or, you know, like just taking the dogs on a walk or just getting outside. Hey, my goal today is to get outside three separate times, something super small, something super easy to do. You be surprised at like how accomplished you feel like after you're done, you're like, wow, Hey, I just got something done. And I think typically when you have a purpose, when you have a goal and you accomplish it, that really fulfills a lot of those needs that might be missing. Like when you're bored, you know, when you're feeling like you, you can't focus on anything. And that's for me, like when I've been really susceptible to having a relapse, um, that's just when I've just ran the play just, okay, I'm just going to do something small. I'm going to get outside. I'm going to change my environment. And that really works for me. And it might work for you too. So in summary, Number one, pitfall, lack of awareness. Three parts of that. Think about time of day. Think about where you're at. Think about how you're feeling. And then think about what plays you're going to run for those three separate, or it might not be separate. I mean, that all might be together, like how you're feeling at a certain time in a certain place. But just be aware of it and have some plays in your back pocket. So number two. Number two pitfall, failing to engineer a safe environment. So Benjamin Franklin once said, failing to plan is planning to fail. So what this meant to me was planning out what may trigger my porn behavior in my environment and then engineering ways to either avoid that or overcome what's in my space. So this could be shows that you watch or your partner watches just about every show I would say on any, uh, any streaming service, uh, that's geared towards adults may contain nudity or something that could trigger you to sneak off to do your thing later. So shows, websites, uh, or apps that you use. And again, just like with shows, I mean, just about every social media site is geared towards like sex. I, in my opinion, uh, there's just, I think a huge market for that, unfortunately, to where everything's just being sexualized. So you really gotta be careful about like what apps you're using. 
you know, where you're going on those apps. I think there's a lot of good apps out there, but that still have like a backdoor for porn or something similar. So that's something to really be aware of. And then last, so we've got shows, we've got websites or apps. Last would be environments. So actual physical environments that could be triggering. So like one example of that, like if you're working out at a gym, I mean, I don't really think I have to explain, but just, I think the way men and women dress now at the gym, it's probably a lot different than they did five, 10 years ago. Yeah. I'm 32. I'm starting to sound like I'm back in my day, but, uh, just feel like things have kind of changed, uh, like just socially. Uh, I think the, um, the, uh, the length of shorts (laughs) have gotten shorter. Um, things have gotten tighter, so, so to speak. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, it's, it's distracting, it's triggering. So you got to think about those environments before you get into them and like know what you're walking into. Right. Uh, and I think sometimes you just got to think about, well, what environments like, can I just not handle? Right. Like there are some apps and like social media sites I just know I'm just like, I'm just never going to do it. I just can't, you know, there's just too much there. There's too much, uh, that could trigger me. There's, there's too much temptation. I'm just not at a place. And like, you just got to kind of be real with yourself. You know, like I'd say like when you're engineering an environment, like engineers are very thorough. They're very honest, like facts are facts. And sometimes we got to look at that in our own life, you know, with porn and say, Okay, like what shows just I just can't handle. Like I'm just relapsing every time after I watch it. You know, after I see that actor or that actress. Uh, websites or apps. You know, which ones do I just abuse all the time to where you know maybe it's a good app that its purpose is not for that, but I use it for that purpose. Um, or you know, last like environments, like the gym, like. I go to the gym, but all I'm doing is just staring at people. Like I'm actually not working out. Those are things to think about. I think for me is it's kind of like I was just getting the ball like stolen every time and just getting dunked on hard. It was embarrassing. Like didn't have any place for that. So part of like working smarter, not harder is measuring your capacity to handle your, your environment. Be honest with yourself. And like, what's your ultimate goal when you're approaching this environment? So when you're going, when you're opening up that app, like what's your ultimate goal? Are you just like waiting for something to pop up? That's going to be stimulating. And Hey, there I go. I'm going to go masturbate, look at porn. Boom. Like, you know, like that's what we got to think about. We have to be honest about these environments and all these environments could be truly positive, you know? And of course I'm, I'm not talking about like a porn site, like going straight to a porn site. I don't think that's truly positive, but like going, watching a show, you know, uh, going to an app or like going to a specific environment. A lot of those are, have a lot of positive intent and they can benefit your life. But like, you got to ask yourself, am I using this for a positive benefit or am I ultimately using this to satisfy my craving? If you realize that it's the latter option, you may want to take a break from it or remove it that from your routine. It's truly like a cost benefit analysis on if this play is going to work or if the other team is just going to steal the ball. 
if the statistics show you that the ball is continuously getting stolen, you may need to run a new play and ditch the old one. So if you're going to an app, you're going to a show. I know there are shows like I know. I'm just like, I just can't rewatch that right now where I'm at in my recovery because I know where my mind's going to go, right? Or maybe certain environments, right? Where, hey, I'm going to go there and I'm just going to feel super on edge the whole time. If that's why I'm going, that's not really truly a benefit. So I'd say now putting into practice, you know, we laid out the foundation for the play. You know, we, we, we understand it. We understand we got to engineer our environment. Now, actually, how do you do that in practice? So I'd say like, for example, you know, there was a show, uh, that my past partner used to watch, uh, that was like a reality show. And I would just say that I would secretly take glances at it, you know, while I was doing the dishes uh, it was a show where people were pretty scantily clad, you know, attractive people. Yeah. I, I feel like I kind of acted like I was really interested in the show <laughs> for the same reason that they were, but I wasn't obviously, uh, you know, once I was honest about it and really it was like, okay, I, I'm just, I'm just glancing at this. I'm getting distracted. You know, I really should be doing the dishes. I should be doing stuff, but like, I just find myself, I just keep glancing over. Right. So, you know, like one thing that I did was pick a different room or just go outside when I knew that show was being watched and just picked a different time to do the dishes. Yeah, I I did like the analysis and like the play that I was running where I thought, you know, hey, this might work. You know, I'm going to do the dishes like while they're watching the show. Well, I can still see the show. So obviously that wasn't like the right play for the situation. So I chose a new play. I chose to change my environment. So that would be a situation where uh, I'm engineering my environment by just changing it. You know, I'm going with a new play. So after a while, you know, the urge went away. And then I feel like I could walk by and not feel triggered because I established a new go-to play at work for me. So basically, I eventually got to a place where I could do the dishes. I didn't feel triggered. But the moment that came on, I started to feel like I was glancing over. I had a play I could go to and say, okay, let's just go to a different room. That would work pretty well for me. Another example is apps. So, you know, we we're talking about apps, you know, like I said, there's just some that are just a no-go. Uh, there's some apps that I have now for, you know, social media purposes that, you know, like, like, like I have TikTok, I have YouTube, I have Snapchat. Uh, there are, there, there is a function on there where you can just go into the live feed. I avoid that like the plague, uh, just because I just know for me, like the, the short streams, I just know something's going to pop up. (laughs) That's going to be triggering, right? Like, you know what I'm talking about? It's like every other, uh, like every other short video is something that's like sexual. So I still use the apps, but that's a boundary. And that's like a, for me, it's like a privilege to be able to use the app. And for me, I see it as crossing the boundary line if I do go to that spot. And uh, for me, I have a consequence, you know, if I do go there and I do use it for porn or a relapse, like I got to delete the app. And for me right now, you know, like doing this podcast and, you know, doing this social media, you know, experiment and, and trying this out, I really am finding a lot of value of it uh, 
for my recovery and, and hopefully you find value out of it. But for me, it's, it's like now there's a responsibility there to where I'm like, Hey, I want to be able to still do this. So I gotta, I gotta stay disciplined. You know, I gotta run this play, right? When you're running a play in basketball, I mean, you gotta be disciplined. You gotta know how the play works. You gotta, you gotta execute it. So it's kind of like that. I like, Hey, here's apps. I'm not going to ever use. Here's apps I am going to use, and I, uh, I am aware of how like this play could go wrong, so I'm going to make sure I execute it properly. And then, you know, last but not least, you know, environment. So I, I said like the gym. Uh, I, I'd say this. My rule of thumb is like if you're not absolutely drenched in sweat, you're not working hard enough, and you're probably spending too much time occupied on other things. So, for me at least, like that's worked great. You know, you're still always, there's still always, always, no matter how great you are at recovery, you're a human being. You're going to see a beautiful woman or a handsome man that's going to, you're going to be like, your body's going to be like, dang, that person's attractive, right? That's going to happen. It's not about avoiding that. It's about just being aware, like when that happens, just make sure that you're aware that that's going to happen and just know what your environment is and set yourself up for success. Have a play for that. Just because you see someone attractive or there's a a show on that has uh, some sexual scenes, that doesn't mean that you have to go to the next level after that and put yourself deeper in the hole by looking at porn or, you know, having behavior like that. You can make a choice. So in summary, number two, failing to engineer a safe environment uh, you know, the big parts of that is, is looking specifically at, you know, TV shows, uh, apps, and then physical environments. And then really with that, it's just setting some clear boundaries and setting up some plays there that you can run that can help you change your environment or help engineer your environment. So last but not least, number three, maybe you touched on this a little bit earlier. But missing accountability, that's number three pitfall. In recovery, accountability is crucial. Using porn in just about every case, I'd say, is like an isolating behavior. Never heard of someone watching porn with family while opening up Christmas presents, sharing with friends in a group text, or posting on your social media page. Uh... Maybe some people do post porn on their social media page. I've never done so. Uh, I think that'd be quite an interesting thing to do. Uh, but porn consumption, you know, it's it's often done alone. That's kind of the point. With a locked door, headphones in, secret, in the dark, incognito mode, does that strike a bell to anybody? I know that struck a bell for me, you know, as I was writing this. Like, yeah, incognito mode, of course. We want to find ways to initiate successful accountability, but we want to do it in a way that takes little to no effort. So this is a very crucial play that we want to run, but we want to make sure this is like an easy play that we can run. It's kind of like a go-to play. It's a simple play, but sometimes it's we get caught up in the game and we forget that we have this play in our back pocket. So... I'm going to list off a a few different uh, things that you can do for accountability here. So, so one, 
is just to talk to someone on a routine basis. So this could be like a friend, a sibling, a mentor, someone in your life that cares for you and knows what you're struggling with. There's so much power in sharing and being vulnerable. There's so much power there. And it's hard, but once you start doing it, it's it's a, it's one of the most powerful tools you can do is just to talk to somebody on a routine basis. It's huge. You know, this could be a quick call, email, text, voice memo, uh, in-person chat. I think just the action alone is the win. So the play that I have run, and I think I talked about this a little bit earlier, is, you know, I send a voice memo to two family members, and then I do reach out to my coach. He's pretty busy, uh, you know, with his podcast and things. But I'll still like the action alone of just sending him a voicemail or a text or an email just to check in with him uh, is really helpful. And then it provides, you know, some talking points that we can talk about when we meet every other week. Uh, We meet biweekly. We do a curriculum, uh, me and my porn free coach. Uh, We discuss it. So an hour every other week. So that's something that's in place, a routine where I'm actually connecting with somebody um, and, and, and being accountable. You know, adding, adding those actions into my recovery plan has been amazing. It really does take the pressure off of you when you can talk to someone without judgment. And the like amount of encouragement that I get from these calls and both listening and talking, it's just hard to put in words. It's, it's just the amount of connection that you get and support and encouragement, motivation. Uh, it's awesome. So that's a great place to start. You know, if, if, if you're just completely alone in secret, you know, I, uh, uh, finding traction, uh, great place to start there. Uh, another great place uh, to start is, uh, porn free radio. That's actually when I first started with my recovery. Uh, that's where I went. Absolutely fantastic podcast. And, 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 and both, both people that, 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 uh, have those podcasts, they also have their own coaching programs. So definitely would recommend that too. Like if, if you're kind of like, you know, I don't really want to bring this up with family or friends. Uh, it's a great thing that you can do is actually, you know, work with somebody that's incredibly experienced like that. Uh, you know, number, number, number two with accountability is, you know, just putting your phone, laptop, magazine, whatever it is in a hard to get to place during the day or time that you struggle the most. We covered this a little bit, but I think this kind of plays into like the accountability play. Like you got to be accountable about it, you know, and if it's still difficult um, to be accountable, you know, work with someone that you trust to maybe take it off your hands. You know, if, if, if there's like a website that you're struggling with, it could be if, if that website needs a password, having like a friend or someone that, you know, setting a password. If it's a physical object, you know, let them hold it or hide it for a certain time. I know this kind of like sounds weird, but this can help break cravings and the habit. And if it's just you, like if it's your phone or if it's your laptop, I know that I talked about like putting it out of arm's length, like when you're going to bed, like charging it, but it also could just be like certain times of the day, just like put it somewhere away, somewhere hard to get to. I almost bought a lockbox. I didn't, but I almost did. Just because it was getting this point to where I was like, I just couldn't help myself. When they're barriers, there's oftentimes, you know, our cravings will dissipate and the habit will fade away. 
and new healthier habits will emerge. If you break this barrier, then you have to set some consequence related to that object where you're struggling with your accountability. So if it's your phone and you're like, hey, I'm going to set it away for this certain time of the day, and then you end up breaking that and you end up like relapsing, you're looking at porn, there has to be some kind of consequence tied to that object. There has to be. You know, one example of me running this play uh, is putting a sleep timer on my phone uh, for 10 p.m., <laughs> which obviously, like, right now, I'm not doing a great job of that. Uh, but when I'm when I'm in the zone and I'm really, all my routines are clicking, uh, I have, like, a wind-down time uh, for my iPhone. So basically, it restricts certain apps after 10 p.m. So that's still the truth. I might not be going to sleep at 10 Excuse me, but I have restrictions on certain apps after a certain time. So that still happens. Uh, and, and this app does have like a reminder for me at like 9 p.m. to start winding down. And like I said earlier, you know, I think having like that hour of time to like wind down, get off your phone, get off your laptop before you go to sleep, it's just really healthy. It helps you get good sleep. And I think good sleep is like a key thing with porn recoveries. Like if you're not sleeping well, it's really hard to run the plays right. Like you're going to be throwing the ball out of bounds because you're just tired and a little bit delusional. Uh, that's how I feel sometimes when I'm incredibly tired and get any sleep. It's like, I can't focus on anything. I forget my routines. It's just awful. So, uh, you know, when, when I do follow this routine, you know, I don't really have a problem. I don't have a problem with porn because, you know, I know that I'm going to be off my phone at a certain time and that's what I do. If I don't follow it, you know, I got to put in other measures to ensure that I don't slip. And if I do slip, you know, uh, consequence that I have is I have to use a flip phone for a month. You know, luckily I'm almost at four months now and I haven't, but gosh, I really don't want to go to a, a flip phone. Those used to be cool. I mean, they're basically indestructible phones that could survive like a nuclear, uh, war, but I like my iPhone, so I'm going to keep my iPhone. So that's one like thing for me is like for accountability is like, I'm going to stay true to the things that are working for me. And, and like the, um, and, uh, there's going to be consequences, you know, and, and part of it's with physical objects. So that, that's really number two. It's just, uh, for accountability is sometimes you just got to physically move that object. You got to physically put it a different place or, you know, work, with the phone to set certain parameters to shut down certain apps or just to start, you know, uh, winding things down. So third play here, uh, is install software. So this could be accountability software, parental controls, ad blockers, timers on your phone. There may be many ways technology can help benefit your recovery. Uh, this was, this was like the breakthrough right here. All right, I'm going to spill all the beans. This was one of the breakthroughs, big breakthroughs with working smarter, not harder. Uh, so this is like the one that I avoided the most. Uh, my coach stated multiple times that if I installed accountability software, it really helped me get some consecutive days of sobriety. I remember getting off that call, the call that I've mentioned this whole podcast that really, you know, um, working smarter, not harder, that really clicked with me. And I downloaded, it's called Accountable to You. So it's Accountable and then the number two and then the letter U. 
and AdGuard. AdGuard is the other one that I downloaded. So basically accountable to you. Uh, it's a software you can put on your laptop or your phone. Basically what it does is uh, it will shoot over like questionable activity over to your accountability partner through like text or email. And it basically just tracks like it doesn't like send them constantly like, what you're doing the whole time. But it'll, it will build like a report to say, hey, like, uh, you know, so-and-so went to this many sites and it's all clean. Or so-and-so has some questionable activity. Like, here's like what they were searching or here's the site. It doesn't take you to the site, but it kind of gives you like what they were looking at. It's awesome for accountability. Uh, kind of share a funny story. So uh, when I was revamping porn free millennial and and uh you know getting ready to do my podcast all that my uh my coach was like like are you doing okay he's like i'm getting a ton of flags right now and it was all like porn free millennial so that's like you know it has the word porn in it so he was just getting flagged my family members were getting flagged. like everyone was like are you okay <laughs> i'm like i'm great like what's up and they're like well accountable to you is like sending me all these all these uh you know texts and uh I thought that was cool just because it prompted them to say, Hey, are you doing okay? Sometimes that's the hardest thing is like when you're in a relapse and you're in that state, it's so easy to say like, Oh, we'll just reach out to someone. Like that's so hard to do when you're in that state. But if you work smarter, not harder and you automate that to where you don't have to do anything, a text is going to go out to who your partner is and they're going to get it. And that might wake them up in the middle of the night and they're going to be like, what's going on, man. Um, it just builds that extra level of accountability. It really helped me out. You know, I put my family members on it. I put my coach on it, uh, that day. And since that day I've been porn free ad guards, another one, uh, that basically just kind of blocks any kind of like ads that, you know, maybe sexual in nature. It's, it's got basically kind of like the parental controls in there. Uh, it really helps out just kind of keep out anything that might pop up and any kind of ad or images. Uh, there's, you know, certain restrictions you can put on your computer for sure for, um, you know, sites and, and things like that. So, uh, those are just two, uh, accountability, you know, uh, software items I put on my phone and, and my laptop. I know there's a lot of other ones like covenant eyes is a big one. Um, there's a lot out there. Uh, the ones that I did, I think they were pretty cheap. Uh, so definitely can check them out. I, I think I have the links in my Substack uh, article. Uh, but yeah, I, that was just huge. It was just all about transparency. And it was like automated transparency. Like I didn't have to do anything. It was already set up. So I know now if I like jack around, I know I'm going to be held accountable because it's going to go straight to my partners. So uh, that really, for me... Uh, it really, that really spoke to me about working smarter, not harder. So th that's number three guys. Uh, you know, and I know it's a little bit longer of a podcast, so, you know, thanks for bearing with me here. Hopefully there's some good takeaways for you. Uh, but the third missing accountability and again, to sum that up, talk to somebody on a routine basis, put your phone laptop magazine to somewhere hard to reach if you're really having a problem with it like physically put it somewhere or or install some software this one i'm really going to pitch if you're just having a problem you're having a like the, the the plane is just not leaving the tarmac can't get off the ground this one's huge 
it's a huge one is just install some software. It takes so much of the effort out of it. It takes so much white knuckling out of it because the software is doing it for you. And really like in order to relapse, like you got to like bypass all the stuff. Like, it's a ton of work to try to do to like not get caught quote unquote. So, uh, definitely push installing software is huge. So just want to tell you all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you're still listening or if you're reading the sub stacks, you know, really appreciate it. You know, this is not easy by any means to be on this road, right guys and gals, if you're listening, uh, it is attainable though. I think normally you're going to be starting off feeling like you're <laughs> like a high school team playing with the pros. Uh, you're going to get your butt kicked. Uh, sometimes it feels even like, you know, you'd be like a high school team playing the Denver Nuggets and you're guarding, uh, Nikola Jokic, like the two time MVP. And he's just scoring on you and making you look silly. Uh, that's definitely how I've felt a ton of times. You know, we've all been there. Uh, you know, I've been there so many times and, you know, understand that truly what matters is being on the court and playing the game. You got to get out there, show up to practice condition yourself, get into better shape mentally, spiritually, physically with your relationships, play the game, run new plays because the ball will be back in your court and you will be soaring through the air, light as a bird, powerful as a lion slamming down on porn. So thank you all. You know, please, uh, you know, Please, uh, you know, keep uh, liking, subscribing. I've got a Substack that I love to write on. Uh, so, if you're interested in getting like weekly updates and uh, like tips and like articles, uh, make sure to go to my Substack. It's Porn Free Millennial and subscribe. And, you know, I'm on Apple, Spotify, Substack podcasts. Also, post videos on TikTok. I'm trying to figure out YouTube for some reason. Like my videos are just not posting there. So I'm going to try to figure that out, but, uh, really appreciate everybody. Uh, you know, I'll be back next Wednesday for another podcast until then have a fantastic week and keep fighting the good fight. Thank you.